Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, welcome back. Hour two of Utah Car Sense here on The Zone Sports Network. As you just heard, I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us today. Roger Parkin in for Jeff Miller this week. Roger is the sales manager at the Southtown store of Mark Miller Subaru. And uh, last year, Roger, you guys built a beautiful, brand new, amazing, <laughs> state-of-the-art parking structure. Uh, yes, we did. I still think that that will pay dividends for you, and it probably has to this point. What's been the biggest benefit of that structure to this point for you? Uh, several. One is more space, obviously. We're we're a little landlocked here, and we're definitely we're outgrowing the property. And with without that, we would have had to buy it or found somewhere to store 50 to 100 cars off-site, which is a pain in the butt and brings up a whole host of issues when you do that. You know, you've got to be able to secure it and and be able to transport them back and forth. Uh, we picked up seven service bays, and which is wonderful because service is growing and it gives us more room to expand. But also we picked up a photo booth. So we do a better job of presenting our cars online because we sell a lot of cars online, how, especially the used cars. How does the photo booth work? Is it one of those things where you drive in and it's got a camera all around it? What's the? How does it work there? Uh, you, you you drive in and it has a movable backdrop all around it. So it has a it's got a really nice uh, gray floor that's you know rubberized, you know, like the uh, sport courts are. Mm, okay. Um, and then it has a circular background and lighting, so the lighting's perfect. You can move the background around, and they take pictures from several, you know, many different angles, inside, outside. There's, I think, 43, 27 to 43 pictures per car out there. So you can really get a true look at the car from every angle inside. And when we did this at Midtown about four years ago, we started selling cars, used cars, particularly across the country, just off of pictures. Wow, really? Yeah, it makes a huge difference. You can go on site and, you know, it used to be back in the day when the internet started, you know, you start putting cars on, it was just you put descriptions on. Then you put one one picture on, then it went to, well, you have to have five pictures and then it was 10 and, you know, more detailed. Now really video sells a lot. And I have some of my product specialists when they're selling a new or used car, you know, they'll send out a video walk around, you know, a three minute video walk around to their, their customers and, allow them to see it up close and personally, even in addition to the pictures. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference. So we're, we're, we like instant gratification and this just helps us give the customers that. Well, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, and we were supposed to have a big party out there, uh, a couple months yeah. ago. Yeah. We were supposed happen. to have it two months ago. We yeah. can't do it yet. <laughs> but you owe me a big party, Roger. I'm just telling we, you. Right we now. do. We all, all of our guests have a big party. <laughs> um, you know, this COVID virus has really affected so many things, you know, the trickle down effect. We, you know, because of, we didn't do our annual do good, feel good event because you can't get people together. And maybe we'll do that later in the year. I don't know what the plans are right now. We haven't decided, but uh, for the uh, share the love event, we're giving back to the community. We're going to draw one of our customers that bought a car and, you know, kick back so much money a month for their payments. Hmm. And we wanted to do that in March 
and present the checks to the charities that we supported. And, you know, uh, 2020 had other ideas. Yeah. It overrode all that. Yeah. It, we, it, 2020 heard all of our plans and said, <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> You, you have plans, watch this. They're done. <laughs> no more plans for you. Uh, <laughs> before we uh, move on, you've mentioned the Share the Love event last year, and I've got yeah. a, a new podcast I do every day called the EP Podcast. It's mostly yes. about sports, but uh, I've got a particular passion and appreciation for our military and their families, mm. and I've worked in a couple days a week where I do something attached to the military, especially on Mondays. I call it Military Monday. And I just had the opportunity to yesterday to interview a woman that will air on Monday's episode for Military Monday. Uh, her name, Antoinette Stapley. And you might be familiar with her name. She's mm-hmm. in charge and runs the uh, Operation Hero Foundation, which yes, you does. first introduced to me because last year during that uh, Share the Love event, you guys had the boot display there at your store at the Southtown yes. store. Uh, and where the service members who have been lost – are represented by a boot, a soldier's boot with a flag and, and some artwork. And it, I, yep. I was talking to her about that, and I'm excited to share that interview with people on Monday. But uh, the, the, the reason I mention that is these events that Subaru does year after year, and, and twice a year at least with the Share the Love and the Do Good, Feel Good, that really shows that Tess, or, uh, Subaru has – the community at the forefront of their mind and why they're doing business the way they are. And it's not just lip service. Exactly. As Tom Dahl likes to say, Subaru is more than just a car company. You know, they have what's called the love promise. And that's all about giving back to the communities at the start of the COVID pandemic. They, you know, Subaru and the dealers donated 51 million meals to food pantries to feed people, which I don't know if he's, I haven't seen any pictures lately of the lions at the food pantries and how it has crossed every socioeconomic class in this valley. It's pretty sobering. You know, California, they've got people lining up for eight, nine, 10 hours to get food. So you don't hear much about that anymore, but people are still hurting. And I mean, you know, you look at companies that furloughed, you know, tens of thousands of workers, you have um, AutoNation. Furloughed seven thousand. They're now making, you know, fifty percent of those have been permanently let go, hmm. just recently. So it's there's a lot of there's the trickle down effect is is it's rolling like a uh, avalanche downhill and just taking everybody out. So Subaru's been, you know, they're they're good. They they care about the community. They give back to it. We as retailers, we've adopted the same. You know, it's always been important for the Miller family to give back to the family or to the community and. And really, Subaru is just such a great platform for doing that, you know, to give back. And it's just part of the core fabric of who and what we are. Yep, for sure. It matters. It's yeah. it's important. It definitely matters. Hey, uh, we, it's been a couple of great weeks for Elon Musk. As uh, I, I don't yeah. know how much you took uh, in that. Thank you, thank you for bringing this up because I was I, I was <laughs> about to have to jump in because we, for for all the crap we give Elon Musk, 
I just we we need to acknowledge the one time he does something semi cool. Well, and that's because he's, oh no, it's it's really cool. It's not even semi cool. It's because he stayed the hell that? away from it, but and that's why it was a, a great success. But. Did you watch? The, oh, he was there. <laughs> did you watch for rocket ship like land on the drone in the that's middle? That's what of I was sea? just gonna ask Roger Eric is how oh. much he took in, and that that one that Eric was the part that absolutely just blew my little mind. Seeing it find its way back down onto that float uh, to catch it. Yeah, especially yeah, after was... about dead center in the bullseye there. It was incredible. Hasn't he blown up like almost every rocket he's sent up before this one though? No, or, no. Or am I misinformed on that? They they had a prototype. They've blown up plenty uh, of them. Yeah, uh, in Texas, uh, the, they they scratched the launch on Wednesday. The next day in Texas at their plant in Boca Chica, they lost a prototype okay. that blew up. But it was not the Falcon, and it wasn't the uh, the what's the, the one drag, the yeah. dragon the dragon yeah. So I, I think the other thing that was incredible about that it's been since 2011 since we've launched anybody from the U.S. into space, right? Yeah, we've been but, paying Russia to take us there in the meantime. Yeah, think about the inside of the, of the space shuttles and the instrumentation and the layout, and to be able to have video all the way through liftoff. Not only inside the capsule, and they're sitting back in their seats with touch screens. You know, they've got their iPad screens up there that they're doing everything off of, not flipping a bunch of switches. Um, and then the video of the stages from outside the rocket, from the stages separating, and then meeting up with the International Space Station. Just the technology, how far we've advanced, is pretty incredible. We're really spoiled. We, we get, are, yeah. It's just. I remember, I'm old enough, that I remember, man, you know, walking on the moon the first time in 68, and the pictures were less than desirable. But that was cool. I mean, that was huge. I mean, they're broadcasting from the moon. Yeah, the, so, the pictures were so bad that there are people still believing that it was faked. So It was it, it was on a Hollywood soundstage. Don't believe anything anyone says <laughs> Stanley, about walking on the moon. Stanley Kubrick uh, directed it, I believe. <laughs> is the, is the exactly. <laughs> Oh, the conspiracy theorists. You know, there's a conspiracy for everybody. Yep. Just ask them. Uh, but outside but, uh, of uh, the SpaceX success, Tesla has also announced something they're calling their million-mile battery. And since we were talking about uh, range and problems facing the EV world, I thought we might uh, real quickly touch on this idea of the million mile battery. Have you have you read up on this or I've not read about that? Is, is he talking about getting a million miles out of a battery before it's bad? Well, Certainly not a million miles on in one charge. No, I don't. I, it's here's where uh, it's, here's what it says. The new million mile battery is at the center of Tesla's strategy, uh, jointly developed with China's contemporary Amperex Technology Ltd. and deploys technology developed by Tesla in collaboration with a team of academic battery experts. With a global fleet of more than 1 million electric vehicles that are capable of connecting to and sharing power with the grid, Tesla's goal is to achieve the status of a power company. So essentially what it is, it's a, it's a new low-cost battery disaster, or designed rather to last for a million miles of use and enable electric Teslas to sell profitably for the same price or less than a gasoline vehicle, and that's hmm. just part of the agenda. So, interesting. Does that mean that the battery will go a million miles on a charge? No. No, it's it means a million it will miles. Last it'll it'll a million. cover it'll 
power it for a million miles. And then you'll need a new battery, which uh, is, to have a million miles, that's that's phenomenal uh, on the life that's, lifeblood of a battery there. That's really incredible, you know, not to develop a memory, you know, charging, discharge memory. Yeah. That's, and, that's crazy. It says it will. Re- they rely on innovations like low cobalt and cobalt-free battery chemistries and the use of chemical additives, materials, and coatings that will reduce internal stress and enable batteries to store more energy for longer periods. Uh, they also plan to implement new high-speed, heavily automated battery manufacturing processes designed to reduce labor costs and increase production in massive terafactories about 30 times the size of the company's sprawling Nevada Gigafactory, a strategy telegraphed in late April to analysts by Elon Musk himself. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. You take and apply that same technology now to solar and storing the power you know, from the sun and reusing it when there's no at night and whatnot. That's pretty cool. And so I, I think right now their batteries are a, combina- a combo of uh, nickel, cobalt, and is it aluminum? I know they're called NCA batteries. I think the A stands for aluminum, uh, and that's what they make at that Gigafactory uh, for right. Panasonic out there in Las Vegas, in Nevada, I should say. But to move then from uh, an aluminum, cobalt, and nickel combination to low cobalt and cobalt free, that's where you're going to get the reduced stress, as it mentioned, on the use of the, the strain on the battery while it's being used. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it will last longer. And what that means, Roger, is one of the concerns with EVs is that, yeah, it, it doesn't burn gas off and pollute the earth that way. But that battery's right. got to go somewhere where it dies. And usually that's a landfill. <laughs> and that's an issue. And so this would be a million miles per battery. That re- that should reduce the number of batteries going to uh, sit in a landfill someplace, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, that's pretty. that's neat if he can pull it off. And that's the there's the key. Can it be done? Because, and I I do go after Elon Musk uh, pretty hard at times. But one of the reasons, biggest reasons I do is, he's a seller. He's a he's a marketer. He he likes to talk a lot, a big game, so that people think he's uh, on top of everything. But really, it's hey, we've got seventeen things happening, and really one of them might work. And well, that's he, my problem with him. He, you you can tell it comes from the software side of things, you know. There, anytime, if you've ever purchased any software for business, there's always the next edition's coming. You know, it's, this is going to be improved here and there and there. You call it vaporware, and he's the huh. king of vaporware when it comes to promoting Tesla and all of his companies. You know, it's it's like the semi that he announced what three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Still not on the road. Yeah, and everyone from Walmart to to everyone else has bought into it, but it's still not available for them. Oh, I don't blame them for buying into it. I mean, that's you're basically taking a uh, the theory behind a train locomotive that runs the diesels to generate, you know, electricity to run the electric motors, and think about the reduced cost of operation. You have no moving parts other than the motors. Hmm. You know, very few. So, and no pollution and all that good fun stuff. How, what of the so let's uh, this is a, a new company called I Do Drive Through. It's launched by a group of Australians uh, about a month ago, and it's available in a handful of cities in Australia. But now they've got two 
working uh, companies here in the United States, one in Las Vegas and one in New Jersey. And by the name, you could probably guess what their business is in. I do drive through is a drive through wedding service that allows couples <laughs> to get married in their cars. So you pull up and ask uh, for a burger and fries and a marriage, I suppose. Uh, they say the process for the couples is simple. Uh, Aretha Gaskin, an officiant for the New Jersey service, said they submit an inquiry. Gaskin checks her availability, and they all agree on a date, time, and location. It's a pretty simple and straightforward ceremony. They can either stay in their car or they can come out adhering, of course, to all the social distancing rules. The goal is to make it easy, simple, straightforward for those couples who have had to reschedule their uh, ceremonies because of coronavirus or who are just opting to choose for something simple and not elaborate. I had a <laughs> I had a beautiful uh, wedding, thanks to family and friends who helped us put it together. Uh, it, but I was always, I, I've never enjoyed weddings. I enjoyed my own wedding. I've never enjoyed anyone else's wedding because it so lasts. Is, is it the wedding you don't enjoy or the reception that ensues afterwards? The the circus of it all. Yeah, it's not necessarily. <laughs> I, I enjoy the, the matrimony, the, 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 the moment there yeah. when they actually get it done. That's always beautiful and always touching and always exciting. I enjoy that, absolutely. But then it's the pictures and the the receptions and the lunches and the dinners and the dances oh, and the cleanup yeah. and oh my and you're not and you're in a penguin suit you're not in your sweats <laughs> you know that's the idea I like the, I like the way I did it the second time overlooking Lake Tahoe at sunset in shorts was that how you did it <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh, awesome now let me ask you this a drive through I do drive through how much do, how much would you be willing to pay for a drive through ceremony where it's just you your bride and the efficient and you sit in your car how much is too not much? what not what they're charging they are charging starting at four hundred dollars that is yeah ridiculous nuts. that's not yeah this needs to be <laughs> it's a it's a drive-through wedding uh folks this needs to have a coupon for an upgrade of some kind it doesn't need to have four hundred dollar charge yeah put that on groupon for a hundred bucks it might be worthwhile <laughs> Hey, you can yeah. add a photographer for an extra four hundred bucks. Oh, good. Yeah, and that's what yeah. you need or, with your drive. Or through. a two-hour pickup and drop-off in a spiffy car for three fifty <laughs> from three fifty. <laughs> and you can live stream it for another hundred bucks on YouTube. Yeah, I give them credit. Go. I think they're way overpriced, but who knows? <laughs> it's it's a memory. It's a unique, and, and people will have that forever. But four hundred bucks. I wonder it, how much. I wonder how much the wedding chapels in Vegas charge people oh, yeah, to get married by question. Elvis. That's a great question. And you know Let's what? Let's see how that compares. When we're, when we're talking about it, uh, the average wedding cost in America is Oof. is a hundred grand or whatever it is. So $400. Yeah. That's a, that's a bargain. Take, when you take and put it. that money to house, do something worthwhile with it. That actually means something. Do anything else. I, 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 you'd be, it, you'd be better off putting it all on red and hopefully hoping to, to triple it <laughs> with that rather than uh, uh, feeding and, and drinking like, everybody, but whatever. Yeah. Be like an individual. I know they're between the two parents that spent about 200,000 on the wedding and it lasted seven weeks. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're asking you today. Oh, if, it's two ninety nine in Vegas at the little chapel. No, so, you get a, even it's better. Not far out of range, and you get Vegas or uh, yeah. uh, Elvis to to help you out there in Vegas. That's pretty cool.
Uh, we asked you if 2020 were a car, what kind of car would it be and why? Toby says 20 wouldn't have a car. It's locked down with nowhere to go, and if it's going somewhere, it's walking in a peaceful protest. <laughs> <laughs> no car needed. Uh, Maybe Nike's a Reebok or Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> Doug sends in a, a gif of Kramer driving a, a fire truck out of control from the show of Seinfeld. Yeah. Nathan says a V6 Camaro. Enough said. I know I'm not familiar. Is a V6 Camaro a bad car? That's a gutless wonder. Oh, is it? You uh, buy a Camaro for a V8. Uh, you know, you buy it for oh, that V8 and the power. That's I didn't put that together there. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. It's that's a Camaro, okay but a it's slow today. We'll, we'll a, give you that one. It's a Camaro, kind of. It's a kind of Camaro, <laughs> is what that is. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a sheep and Camaro clothing. <laughs> and uh, and then we've got uh, Kevin that says any lemon because 2020 is a lemon year so far. So right, you know. I hope some good comes out this year. Who knows? It's been a lot of, a lot of crazy things going on. I was, I was telling, I was talking to my wife about this. I, I hope that we go through 2020 and all of its troubles and all of its problems for a really good reason. I hope that we learn and I hope that we grow and I hope that we make such progress that we can look back on this year and say, yeah, that was hell, but we went through it for a good reason and we're now better off from the lessons we learned from it. Now, I don't I don't mean to diminish or downplay anyone losing a loved one to a virus. Right. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about preparedness and how to respond to uh, trials and, and bad things that happen in our world and in our country for, across the board that we've seen in 2020, from the wildfires in Australia to now uh, racial inequality and the fight for uh, for that to become eradicated and to be better and to be what this country was supposed to be in the first place, and that's equal to all. Uh, I hope that we look back on 2020 and go, that was the year that everything changed for the better. I, I hope you're right, and I think the first tell the tape will be the November elections. It'll be a, it'll be a good indicator if we learned anything coming out of here, and I'll just leave the politics at that. Yeah, well, that's well said. <laughs> Well said. Yep, for sure. All right, we'll take our final break here on Utah Car Sense. Coming up next, we've got $850,000 found in a vehicle, but not in the form of money. Tell you what that was all about. And a 15-car garage home for sale in L.A. How much do you need to buy it? We'll tell you next on Utah Car Sense. (laughs) You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Flap Attacks uh, gets in on the uh, action today and says, if 2020 were a car, what kind of car would it be and why? Flap Attacks says, a Pontiac Fiero. It tries to be (laughs) cool, has horrible everything inside, and you know it's eventually going to light on fire sooner than later. And I, I've not read a clearer and more accurate description of a Pontiac Fiero than what uh, Flap Attacks just said. Welcome back. Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton here with Roger Parkin today of the Southtown store in the Auto Mall. Go on and check them out. And, and Roger, you guys uh, a, a few months back switched your service hours up, and they're extended now. People can get in a little later. No, a they're not. Later. They're not. We've, with COVID, we pulled them back. Oh, it's been scaled back down. Okay. 
Yeah, it's been scaled back. The hours have been all over the place on on service. We're back to what prior was normal service hours now. So, you know, it's uh, seven to seven to six Monday through Friday, and eight to three on Saturday. Gotcha. That's so. Still... I don't. I'm not sure when we'll go back to extended hours. I don't think until all this has passed. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, uh, people are more available now, though, to uh, get their car serviced. And what I just mm-hmm. what I just used for the second time in a month uh, is the Mark Miller Direct Service uh, option, <laughs> which is just terrific because, uh, as we talked last time, we had the, our vehicle needed the the tune up or, or the the oil change and the uh, the checkup with the doctor and to make sure everything was good, and we didn't have to do anything. You guys came, brought us a car, took our car, got it fixed, brought it back to us. We had a loaner throughout yep. the whole time, and right now. My wife uh, just ran over a five and a half, five and a half to six inch long bolt of some kind that just completely destroyed the tire. Uh, luckily, when we had purchased the tires from you guys back in October, we got the road hazard that came with that, and so yep. that was nice. Uh, but in the meantime, I've been driving while it was uh, getting fixed and getting that tire ordered. I've been driving the 2020 Forester. And Roger, as we come up on the end of our lease of our cross check, cross trek, we've decided we need a little more space, and it's really coming down to: do we want the higher ride of the Forester or the longer ride of the Outback? And I'm yep. I'm all but sold on this Forester, man. And it's a Forester. Oh, they're sport. nice. They are so nice. And and it's just it's pretty and it's fast. Yep. It's really cool. Yes, it is. No, you know, you can't go wrong either Outback Forester. The rides are similar. They're both quiet. The Forester prior to 2017 was not as quiet as the Outback. Hmm. And in 17, they did a major minor redesign and changed all the suspension, changed the sound dampening material, and they carried that forward when they redesigned it in 2019. The car has gotten quieter, nicer ride, better handling. It's a wonderful vehicle. I know my wife is kind of leaning that way from an outback, but we'll see what she decides here in a year when yeah. her lease is up. Yeah. So, but nice cars, really nice. Well, and a couple of the features that I've enjoyed uh, that we've talked about in the past, the lane keep, it's no longer, yep. it's no longer lane assist. It keeps you in the middle of the, and it's still yes, assist. It it's still <laughs> assist, but it, it will keep you in the middle of the lane Rather than bounce you back and forth like a like a, a bumper in the bowling alley, now it keeps you in the middle of your lane, and I've Correct. really enjoyed that over the last couple of days. That's that's a game changer, man. Because while yeah. the the lane keep uh, was safe and, and kept you from careening into another vehicle, this you still keep your hands on the wheel, of course, but it does the math for you, and you're not guessing. Okay, am I in the middle of the lane or not? And I, you know what I've found, Roger? What's I that? I tend to drive further to the left than I need I to think be most driving. Of, I think most of us do. That's I'm a left lane driver. Well, yeah, I'm a left. I'm a left side driver, especially when I'm riding a motorcycle. I'm definitely all against left lane. Why do you think we do that? Why is that? Because in the well, car, in the car, maybe because you're on the left side. Yeah, in this country, yeah. the car, the driver's seat is on the left. Uh, but I just I, because at first I was. When I first turned it on, it started to go a little more to the right than I am used to driving. I was like, "Oh, is this thing broken?" Get back here! <laughs> and, it, and but I trusted it and let it go, and it was it was fine. 
And I looked, yeah. uh, I, I adjusted the mirror to look down and see where the dotted lines were passing. And I had equal space on either side of the mm-hmm. vehicle. And I don't think I've ever had that. If I, if we went back and looked at a movie of my driving life, I would bet I'm pulling to the left of that lane 99% of the time based on just oh, yeah. a couple of days using that lane keep. And the other place you really notice is when you're you know, going through a, a light turn. Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but if it's a right turn, I'm hugged against or over that right hand, that right lane. Right. Uh, well, Especially if I'm driving the right lane, that's just the shoulder there. I know I'm cutting that corner. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a for whatever reason. There's a corner I take coming into work every day up here on Third West. Uh, it's mm-hmm. over there by the uh, oh, where Beck Street becomes Third West, and the the, the tracks, the UTA uh, yard is to the yep. west and the old children's museum is to the east and as you come around that corner uh it is a 35 mile an hour speed limit and it's almost mm-hmm. a 90 degree angle in the right lane yep. and everybody is cutting into each other's lane as you come around that view, uh, around that corner and i took it today in the forester and let it do it on its own and it you know stayed right in the lane where it was supposed to stay but I wondered if there had been a car to my left, what they would have done, because I and I'd be oh. in the right, I'd be in the lane, but they are cutting that corner. It's interesting. Oh yeah, it's it really makes you aware of how much we want you wander when you're driving. Yeah, and just it's it's a nice another benefit of driving a newer car where the technology has been upgraded. It's just a little bit safer. <laughs> Anything we can do to make them safer is awesome. Yeah. It, it reminds me of my dad's uh, joking philosophy about because uh, he's notorious for floating over the lanes a little bit. And we'll mm-hmm. say, Dad, you're floating or you're you're crossing the line or whatever. <laughs> and he'll say, I'm taking my half out of the middle. <clears throat> there just, you go. There's <laughs> a lot of people that think that way. <laughs> but uh, the other thing that I've really liked is this Forester Sport has – the sunroof that goes pretty much the whole way back. Mm-hmm. And it's also got the, the luggage rack on top. And the problem yep. with when you open a sunroof and you're going down, you're going fast is you hear that wind go, whoa, 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 oh, o- yeah. overhead on that luggage rack. But not so with the Forester 2020 because it's got this little windscreen that pops up mm-hmm. and deflects the wind so it doesn't have that helicopter uh, sound effect above your head. Yep. And yet you still get that airflow that you're wanting and that sunshine from the, the sunroof being open. You get a little suntan on your head as you're driving in and looking <laughs> good. Just don't forget the sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, you and I both know uh, all too well how, how much we need the sunscreen. All too well, yeah. No hair, you know. Every year, it, it, I'm still, I'm, I'm probably, oh, uh, eight years, nine years into being bald. And still mm-hmm. every year. I it takes that that one time reminding me that where I get sunburned, oh, yeah. I somehow forget in the winter months, and then it gets me that one that first time out in the sun, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's hat and sunscreen the rest of the summer for me. Yeah, it's how fast it happens on the head, you know. Yeah, it seems like we other ten minutes come back and beat red and go, man, I wasn't <laughs> out there that long. <laughs> hey, yeah, I've, uh, been, I've been I've been bald for about twenty years now. So would you go back? No, I would. I either. like not having any hair. Yeah, well, were we weird for feeling that way? I, it's so it's so easy. You don't have to do like really anything. I'm just with secure it. in who I am. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. 
Bald Air doesn't define me now. No, to not have a beard? No, I don't want to see this face. I like to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. All right. Uh, if you've got $62 million, well, have I got a deal for you. This house Ooh, on the only sixty-two million, huh? <laughs> only sixty-two million up on the hills of Los Angeles, thirteen oh one Collingwood dot com, c o l l i n g wood dot com. There's a sixty-two million dollar listing for this mansion in the hills of L.A., complete with a fifteen car garage. <laughs> And it's not, they're not calling it a fit. They're not calling it a garage. In fact, they call it the 15 car auto gallery complete with a driving simulator and a miniature toy racetrack that goes around the hills of Los Angeles. (laughs) It is incredibly beautiful and and lavish. Uh, it it shows the, the, the master bedroom. It's all panoramic glass windows all around. There's no walls on this home. It's just glass windows looking out over the Los Angeles Valley. But $62 million and 15-car garage. I don't know who would need this house, uh, but if you've got someone who has 15 cars and they just don't have any place to put them, maybe send them this listing uh, there in L.A. I can't imagine. Up my two swimming pools up on the deck there. Two swimming pools. Yeah, absolutely. Two. Why why have one when two is better? (laughs) you got to have one to swim in while the other one's being cleaned, of course. Apparently. That's the idea. (laughs) Uh, It's a beautiful house. It's a beautiful home. Uh, uh, Those pictures must have been taken right now because there's no pollution (laughs) in the sky. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder wonder if they uh, had to uh, digitally enhance the the look there, but maybe not. Maybe they did take them right now. No, they took them now. I mean, you've seen pictures of LA right now. That's the first time in my lifetime I remember seeing it without any pollution. That's You might consider that false advertising here in another month. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to my view? It's all gray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a a place in Long Beach called Signal Hill. I don't know if you've ever been up Mm -hmm. on top of Signal Hill. So Right there in Long Beach, there's an old oil rig, uh, an oil fracker that uh, it still pumps up and down up on top of this hill, but it's not. It's just for historical means. It's not actually pulling oil anymore. But it, it's this little mound that if you go up on top of it's there in Long Beach, and you can look out and uh, around the top of this hill in this on this little park, they've got co- uh, concrete cutouts that you look through. And it uh, outlines the city that you're looking at. So if you look to the south, you can you look through and it outlines Huntington Beach. And it's got the, the pier in there. If you look to the north, it got, it's got L.A. for you or whatever. Uh, but there's a webcam for it. And you can get on it and look it up. And you you almost never are able to see uh, the, the south end or the north end from Sigma Hill because of the smog. Well, right now, you can see literally the entire area from the south wow. to the north because of the, the downgrade in pollution because people aren't driving as much. Now it is picking back up, but that, that was one of the benefits maybe of having a lockdown is we improved our air quality for a little bit around here. Well, absolutely. I don't remember a, a you know period this long where we haven't had a gray haze hanging over the valley every day. Yeah. It's been really nice. It's been one of the, one of the many benefits, well, one of the few benefits really. But 
Well, here's a weird story out of Texas. Uh, Buying used cars can lead to some interesting finds. (laughs) While not everyone can be like farmer bro Martin Shkreli and score an unreleased Lil Wayne album that was laying around in their friend's Bugatti Veyron, there are still small victories to be had. An ox cord, for example. One thing I wouldn't consider a plus, says Caleb Jacobs of thedrive.com, would be stumbling upon 34 bundles of cocaine in a car you just bought at an auction. But for one average Joe in Texas's Rio Grande Valley, that's exactly what happened. The Webb County Sheriff's Office explained in a statement that the owner reached out to the department shortly after purchasing the car. They claimed to have found what they believed were narcotics, prompting deputies to pay a visit and inspect the vehicle. Initially, 17 individual packages of cocaine were found in a hidden compartment with another 17 being sniffed out by a canine officer. Measured weight for the cocaine totaled 74.96 pounds, an amount that commands approximately $850,000 on the street. Wow. Unbelievable. Believable. How do you forget you've got 74 pounds of coke in a car? Well, that's I, that's the problem. <laughs> was this car, was this vehicle seized? And then just yeah, turned over to auction without the evidence being taken in. I don't. Or was, was this person just sold the car and forgot? Oh, I've got my million dollars worth of cocaine stashed in. It's chump change. I'll get my other car with it in. <laughs> Unbelievable. There was That's also crazy, uh, isn't it? there was also a man in Texas who was busted with four million dollars worth of heroin and meth inside his mm. Ford F one fifty's tires. But it's nowhere near as crazy as the Ford dealership. That acts that was accidentally trafficking four point five million dollars in meth and heroin into Canada recently. How? According to Canadian Border Control agents, a shipment of fourteen Ford Fusions that were parsed out to nine different Ontario based Ford dealerships contained a surprise for the dealership employees, a massive amount of heavily wrapped packages of methamphetamine hidden un- inside the brand new car's spare tires. So they were wrapping them up inside the spare tires, shipping them into the country, and then someone was supposed to then unpack the spare tires and get them to the the dealer or whatever. Wow. But they got busted, thank goodness, because that is a lot of of destruction that would take place. Yeah. Yep. The 2021 Ford Bronco is finally coming, and it has a debut date set for July. The revival of the Bronco was delayed a few months, and production will be as well, obviously, but the first buyers will be getting the new SUV in uh, July of 2021. They will be showing the, the car to the world in July of this year. The spy photos and renderings and leaked photos of the revived off-roader are complete. You can find them anywhere on the Internet now. Numerous times have led up to a long-awaited reveal, so the world pretty much already knows what it looks like. But now the details are finally coming out. The Ford announced that the company was going to bring back the famous Bronco name way back in 2017. And before the coronavirus pandemic struck, the new Bronco was set to debut in the spring of this year. It will go up against the popular Jeep Wrangler and, like its competitor, will have boxy styling, high ground clearance, removable doors and roof, and a rear-mounted spare tire. So, Roger, this is not the look and feel of the Bronco that we knew and loved back before OJ made it a thing that no one ever wanted to own No, this is, this is the original Bronco out of the 60s and 70s that was iconic. Yes. It was, it was two-door, removable hardtop, 
Uh, neat, neat vehicle. And they did away with that, I think, in 79 or 80. And oh, then they came yeah. out with the Bronco that OJ made famous. Or the Bronco 2, which is a smaller, boxier version of it. But uh, Then they moved neat, to the Escape, uh, to, yes. uh, which was weird. They, they, they didn't like... Uh, the, the, the taboo of the Bronco anymore because of OJ's run and escape from the police. Mm-hmm. So they came out with something called the escape, which never made any sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> still doesn't make any sense. They still have it. Yeah. Um, but there's some neat, I was watching a video, a leaked video, you know, there's no secret what this vehicle is. Yeah. But they're coming out in two and four door, but some of the off-roading uh, technology, it looks pretty cool. It'll actually, the, the two-door they were showing where it locked up the uh, inside brake to spin it in a tighter circle hmm. called plunging or lunging or something by four-wheelers. It did it around a tree, just real tight turn. Really? Wow. So, yeah, kind of some cool some cool technology coming at it. And I think it starts at fifty or 55000 if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, fifty three and a half is the target yeah. now. So, yeah, somewhere in between there. My fear so was probably that... sixty thousand by the time it gets here. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And then that's the base package. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, my fear was that it was going to look like the FJ Cruiser too much, but no. it doesn't look like that in these renderings I'm seeing in these in these spy pictures. It, it's it's very boxy. Uh, it's very Bronco. It's very reminiscent of the original Bronco. I, I like it. I think it's kind of cool looking. Yeah. Very very retro. Uh, the, uh, five great reasons to take your car for a weekly ride. This is from, uh, car talk of richmond.com of all the, how to deal with the pandemic advice I've read so far, says the author Ray, no one has recommended that we periodically start our cars. I'm afraid that if people aren't going out at all, the first time they try to start the cars, there will be a lot of dead batteries and no one to jump them. Uh, this person says he plans to take his car for a ride once a week until the crisis is over. Is that a good idea? And if so, how long or far or fast should I drive? Well, Ray answers and says, I think that's good advice. I do recommend that you take your car out for a ride once a week. There are several good reasons for this. First, running your car for 15 or 20 minutes will keep the battery charged up. That way the car is ready for use should you ever need it. If you drive for 15 to 30 minutes at moderate speeds once a week, that ought to be enough to keep your battery in good shape. Second, uh, uh, says this expert, when you drive the car, you'll keep your moving parts lubricated. Not just Mm -hmm. the stuff under the hood, but even things like your shifter linkage and parking brake cable. Third, by moving the car occasionally, you'll avoid creating flat spots on your tires. And this is one I had never known about, Roger. Even if you just move it one foot in either direction, you'll address the, uh, you'll avoid creating flat spot in your tire. I didn't know that that was possible. I well, I, I don't think that's possible on radials. On the old fabric belted tires? Ah, okay. Ab- absolutely. And like if you had, especially where you would notice it is in the 1050-15s, the big wide off-road tires. Oh, okay. When, when they were, and this is back in the 80s, when they were fabric belted, you would actually have a flat spot every time you started them up until they warmed up and rounded out. Every time, huh? Wow. Every time. That's annoying. So I don't know about radial tires. I've not heard of that on radial tires, but hmm. you know, stranger things have happened out there. Uh, he says, but just it's just like your air conditioning. You should, you should run your air conditioning at least once a month throughout the winter. Yeah, just, uh, for the same reason, lubricate everything throughout the winter. Oh yeah, well, it, most of the cars now naturally runs anyway when you put on the defrost. Yeah, 
but on the older cars it did not hmm. so but yeah always or your four-wheel drive systems you should engage them at least let them run for a block or two so you can lubricate everything if you have a four-wheel drive truck or something you know a traditional manual hub or unlocking locking hubs where you rear-wheel drive and you can lock in the transfer case you should do that once a month too just for that same reason he also says uh, when you take the car out, you disturb any rodents or murder hornets who have been taking up residence in your <laughs> engine compartment. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, working on their mid uh, rodent damage can be significant and expensive. So if you live in an area where you're particularly susceptible to that, like Utah, you might even consider yeah. using some rodent traps around the tires. Please uh, do the humane variety uh, if I add my own uh, uh, vote for that. And then finally, taking a ride once a week is good for your mental health when you're otherwise stuck at home. Changes the scenery a little bit and reminds you that there's more to life than your four walls and your favorite mm-hmm. binge-worthy TV show. And he adds a little joke here. Even more crucially, it gives you and your spouse a much-needed break from each other, thus reducing the chances you'll get divorced and lose the car in the settlement. <laughs> <laughs> There's the biggest benefit of taking it out for a drive. That's funny. Oh, That's so really funny. Pretty clever. Uh, we, we've been asking you for if 2020 were represented by a car, what would the car be and why? X Ray says Aztec for sure. Ooh. The Pontiac Aztec. I have not you seen remember an the Aztec. Aztec is the most awkward looking car out there. They used to, uh, they had a tent package on them. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen <laughs> one in so long. I used no. to see him driving around. I, I I wonder where they've all gone. But, yeah, that that was the big sell was, oh, you can attach a tent to the back. Oh, yeah. Looked, I remember when we had the Pontiac store where the Subaru store is now, they had one right on the showroom floor uh, with the tent up. It was it, not a pretty sight. And it looks it looked a lot like the Cybertruck looks now. Uh, Very similar. That, That's where uh, uh, that must be where Elon got his idea. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you've also got uh, Sheldon says the Yugo. Ward says yep. we had a Pinto wagon when I was a kid. It repeatedly oh, yeah, caught on up. fire. Yeah. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yep. The, the Pinto and the Vega were sister cars. And and John then also along those lines points out the 65 Chevy Corvair, which, of course, Ralph Nader famously wrote a book about. Uh, titled Unsafe at Any Speed, The Designed in Dangers of the American Automobile. And Chapter 1 oh. is all about the sporty Corvair with the, the engine in the back uh-huh. and the, the the swing axle suspension. Uh, yep. th- this thing was a, a disaster. It looked cool. I don't, like, I don't hate the look of the Corvair, but the fact that you were literally a driving bomb uh, waiting to explode. Well, you know that was secondary. It was, that was a fun car to drive. I Did you knew ever people you drive one back in the day? It Did was you? definitely different. Your I, trunk was up in the front, and the motor was in the back. I, I you know, I, I don't hate the look of it. It's just dangerous. It's just a box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so anyway, that's he says that that would match twenty twenty because of its dangerous uh, yeah, abilities. <laughs> and that's a really good analogy. Uh, and then finally, this story we'll leave you with for the week, Roger. You guys have Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, you rent cars. You can rent a, a vehicle from Mark Miller Subaru. Have you ever had someone rent one for a hundred and a hundred and ten straight days? Not that I'm aware of. 
<laughs> well, when you get a free moment, go to thepointsguy.com and check out Scott Maravitz's uh, piece about how he strategically booked a rental car for a 110-day straight. Says he has not owned a car since moving to Manhattan 13 years ago, which is normal for most people that live yep. in, in that city. But he's also rarely taking the subway or other public transportation because he's found a loophole where he can rent out a vehicle for using different, you know, kind of floating from rental uh, business to another with price matching. And he rented a car for 110 straight days before having to turn it back in, trying to cheat the system. Uh, wow. You know, pretty crazy that he was able to do that. I don't know how many miles he would have then put on the thing. 110 straight days, but uh, and I'm trying to find out how much he says he paid for it, but he said it was more, it was cheaper than owning a vehicle uh, during that time. But anyway, I don't know. I, I enjoy renting a vehicle when I go on vacation. Uh, I, I try to try something new while I'm gone, uh, but uh, I, I don't know that I have ever rented a vehicle on vacation and thought I'm going to buy this when I get back home. I know a few people have done that. Have you? Uh-huh. Or do you? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. That's part of the reason we put you in the, the loaner cars that we do. Well, and that's the difference is what I was going to say. <laughs> what I was going to add in there is when I go on vacation, I rent you know my fill-in-the-blank little uh, commuter passenger car. It's not the same scenario as renting the Forester, the Ascent, the... Uh, the the outback from Mark Miller Subaru because the idea here is that you rent this thing for a couple of days as a test drive, put the kids' stuff in the back, see how it fits, take it for a, a road trip down to Moab and back or whatever, and that'll sell you. And then you'll mm-hmm. want to rent or, or uh, then you'll want to buy when you get back. And that's the idea there, and that's why it's a, a great program you guys have got going on. Well, good to have you back for another week, uh, Roger. You be good. You stay healthy, and uh, I hope everyone has a great week, all right? Sounds good. He's Roger Parkin at the Southtown Store for Mark Miller Subaru. Eric Jensen behind the glass. Our thanks to Jordan Rock, product specialist for Mark Miller Southtown, as well for stopping by. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week on Utah Car Sense.